Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, we mixed it up a little last night. We were both at college sporting events. Um, you got to cover your first Huskies game. It went to a shootout, and St. Cloud won. So, you know, a, a pretty good introduction, I would say. So a bit of excitement there at the Herd last night. Yeah, no, it was kind of interesting for a Tuesday night to be playing hockey, but uh, had some postponements, and so was able to go out there and yeah very fun game to, to watch and to cover and um, had to change up my lead about four or 15 times so 14 or 15 times but in the end got a really nice story out of it so um, but yeah no a lot of fun yeah it was we kind of mixed it up we both wanted to be at games last night um, and I'm also going to be gone on Friday when you're going to be covering them so I thought it'd be nice for you to get to see them once before then when um, so they they get technically a tie in that game against Duluth. They get an extra point for the conference standings, which could help uh, down the road. And now they have another big test against Western Michigan um, this weekend. So we'll talk a little bit about that game today. Um, I was also at St. Ben's Hockey, where they played River Falls last night um, and put in a really good effort for a couple periods against one of the top Division three teams in the country. So um, we'll talk about that game. We also have a couple other college events we've, you know, that I've been to in the last week or so we'll talk about, but um, the other big thing is, is section dance that we were both at for, I believe, five or six hours on Saturday. I lost count, but there's 15 teams and there's even though they move it, you know, one by one, there's only so much that can get done. So uh, <laughs> we have a couple couple teams qualify from state for that as well. So um, there's gonna be a lot to get through today. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think we're going to start with dance um, just because um, I think about. 20 hours of my work week was consumed by dance on Friday and Saturday. Um, Dave joined me on Friday night in St. Michael for section 4-3A, where Sartell and St. Cloud danced. And then, Zach, you joined me on Saturday um, over at Sock Rapids for section 4-AA, with Sock Rapids, Ricori, and Albany um, competing in that section. So, a lot of dance to get to. Um, the big thing was... We have three local teams that will be making it to state so far. There's still one more dance team, Cathedral, that hasn't competed yet. They will be competing in um, Melrose on Saturday afternoon. They are, I mean, looking at some of the standings and some of the stats and such throughout the season, they are a favorite to potentially, you know, make it to state um, so there's a chance that four of the local teams will be making it to state this upcoming um, on the 18th and 19th of February. But starting on Friday night um, over in St. Michael, Sartell was able to um, get second place in both jazz and high kick at Section 4-3A. A little bit of a different vibe for them just because they had to make the jump from Class 2A to 3A this year. And so um, they... They anticipated it. They knew that it was coming eventually, and so it wasn't like a big shock that they got moved up to 3A, but it's still a much tougher competition um, just in the sense that you're competing against, you know, Maple Grove, your Brainerd, Zimmerman, or not Zimmerman, um, uh, Brainerd, Maple Grove. You also had um, a handful of other teams that were there, St. Michael Albertville, um, different people like that that were competing there, and um, overall, a really good performance by them. They both got second place in, in each category, and they will be heading to the sec or the Class 3A state 
championships on Friday for Jazz and Saturday for High Kick um, at State. It is the 18th straight season um, that they are that they are heading to State under um, Kelly McCartney's 20 years of coaching. So not too bad for a head coach to be sending it <laughs> for the 18th season. <laughs> but um, but overall, uh, Sartell was able to get. They scored a 627 points out of 700 on their jazz routine. Um, they danced to Benny and the Jets by Elton John. And then in high kick, they were able to do a routine titled Tango, um, and they scored 625 points out of 700. So um, definitely was able to show off a lot of their skills. And St. Cloud also performed that day. Um, they finished... Kind of in the middle of the pack, they finished seventh in high kick. Um, they also finished eighth in jazz, and so they will not be continuing. But they did; they showed off a really good performance. Um, Sartell will be joined by Maple Grove as well as Brainerd um, in both jazz and high kick. Those were the three teams that placed, and so um, should be kind of fun to see what happens uh, over the weekend of the 18th and 19th. So yeah, we'll have Sartell, like you said, in 3A, and then. In Class 2A, we'll also have a couple of teams. We have Sock Rapids, uh, Rice, who won both categories, Jazz and High Kick, by by really dominant efforts. Um, in both cases, they were number one ranked by every judge for both. Um, and they really defended their home floor really well with the meat being at Sock Rapids. So they had a lot of fans there, you know, extra for, for that too, being that hometown team, and they did really well. And then Ricori will also be going to state. Um, and I know... We were both excited to see them finish second in high kick because last year they didn't get to compete because of COVID. They qualified, but weren't able to actually perform at state. So for them to, you know, you know, get that qualifying position again and hopefully it works out and they are able to compete. Um, this season will be really cool. And for, you know, the storm as well for them to they were in three for a couple of years and last year they did qualify for state as well. But for them to drop down um, to two A, they were kind of right on that cusp of three A, two A. It just shows kind of how strong that 3A field is that, you know, they were, they were like one of the last teams to qualify, I believe last year in their section and they dropped down. Um, and now they're just, they completely took it by storm and no pun intended, but they took it by storm and just were easily kind of the class of the competition. So um, some really impressive performances I thought on Saturday too. Yeah. And, and for me, I think it's just shows throughout the season. I mean, just looking at some of the scores throughout the year, it's just been Sock Rapids has been dominating every invitational. They've been competing against some of the biggest teams, similar to Sartell as well. I mean, both teams wanted to get the best competition in their class to know where they stand, not only in sections, but also in state. Um, and so, I mean, the Storm, they they finished with 607 points out of 800 in Jazz. Um, they also finished with 607 points out of 800 for um, High Kick. And then for Ricori, they finished with 567 points out of 800. So um, some really good performances by those two teams. And I think, it, like you said, it's nice to see the Spartans being able to go back after not being able to perform at state last year. And then Sock Rapids, I mean, just the fact that they were able to make it to state last year in a very tough, comp or a very tough class. Um, I mean, it's just nice to see that um, streak continue for them and, and being able to get to this to the state tournament again this year and uh, yeah I, it wouldn't shock me if we're there all day on on Friday and Saturday for uh, state dance just because um, 
Cathedral definitely has a really good shot of making it um, in Section 2, Single A, um, this weekend. And then, obviously, our three teams that have already made it. Um, it'll be a it'll be a busy couple of days, but it'll be a fun one in, in, at the Target Center for all these local teams. Yeah, so there'll be a lot for us to cover. Like you said, we'll both we'll be down there both days. You'll be both days. Um, Dave will be there on Friday. I'll be there on Saturday uh, for photos. So we'll have plenty of coverage throughout um, that state tournament. So it'll be interesting, like you said, to see if Cathedral does qualify. They're kind of one of the favorites, not only to qualify, but also have a chance at a state title with their scores this year. So um, that's something to keep an eye on, too, as we get into you know prelims for that state tournament and, and see kind of how that all works out and who makes it. But um, beyond that, the other thing, like I mentioned, that we have been covering a lot this week um, is college sports. Um, I think we'll start last night just since we were both at different hockey games last night. I think we'll start with yours, Brian, because yours had a pretty pretty exciting finish. It didn't look like it for a while. I, I saw that you know St. Cloud was down 2 nothing after the second period to Minnesota Duluth. And I'm like, oh, I kind of sent Brian to not the best game. And in the end, it worked out pretty well. You got to see a pretty cool comeback. Yeah, no, I mean, the first the first 40 minutes were not, and all of the coaches and players that were talking to us afterwards said that it was not their best game, those first 40 minutes. Um, a lot of power plays that were on both sides, honestly. It wasn't just heavily favored by one side. I think both of them each had three power plays um, within those first two periods. But it looked like UMD kind of took advantage of it a little bit more than than St. Cloud State. They, I mean, it was the first time the Bulldogs and the Huskies played this season just because, like we were talking about before, their game got, their, 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 the weekend that they were supposed to play in early January got postponed because of COVID protocols. And so then they had to kind of reschedule it on Tuesdays throughout the month of February. But um, it was the first time that they played in like almost an entire year. The last time they played was in on March 15th of 2021 when St. Cloud State beat Minnesota Duluth um, in the semifinals of the NCHC tournament. So it, it was definitely, oh, it's been a long time since these two teams have faced off against each other. And um, UMD was taking full control. They got one goal um, pretty early and, it was kind of just like, uh, let's keep shooting the pucks at the net and one of them will eventually bounce in and, and it did. So, um, and that was on a power play goal. And then the second one came just out of kind of pure luck, honestly. Um, St. Cloud State was getting, finishing up on a um, power play. And so UMD was getting back to full strength. Quinn Olson kind of came out of the box, the penalty box. And um, the puck was like sitting right there for him while he was coming out. And, uh, he was able to grab it, kind of get a one-on-one shot, and uh, was able to connect. And so they were up 2 nothing heading into the third period. Um, then Donahue came out um, in the first couple of minutes and was able to kind of take a nice um, nice shot right kind of in the middle of the ice um, and connect on a goal to kind of cut the lead in half to 2-1. to one. And then after that, you could kind of feel the momentum shifting in, in the Huskies' favors. The The Fans were kind of getting a little bit more rowdy. Um, you know, the 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 arena was kind of getting a little bit more louder. It was just it was it was kind of a fun environment once once they got that first goal in. Also, a little bit of a sigh of relief because I know they didn't get to score any goals against Denver on Saturday night, and so I know they wanted to get a couple goals in um, just under their under their feet. And so after that, you kind of felt like maybe something was going to happen. They pulled the goalie with about two and a half minutes left in the in the game, and um, 
they played six on five against UMD. And um, after about a minute to a minute and a half, they were able to um, take a couple shots on goal and a really nice rebound kind of went straight into Spencer's um, reach. And he just was able to flip it in for a nice, easy goal um, to, to tie it up two to two. So over time, there was nothing happening. Um, both teams had some good opportunities to score, but um, the two goalies were phenomenal last night, um, just being able to block out all of the different goals or all the different shots, I guess. Um, and then it went into overtime or, or went into shootouts. And in the shootouts, UMD went up early two to one on a three, three on three shootout. Um, but then, um, but then we had, then there was a, then they tied it up. St. Cloud State was able to tie it up at two, two. Um, and then it, it kind of went into the fourth guy just because, um, they, they, ha- they were all tied up at two, two after three players on each side. Um, eventually, um, St. Cloud was able to win three to two in the shootout and kind of put their, put, put a win column back on or put a win on the, on the win column back on again. And, uh, it was nice to see, I mean, the Huskies have been struggling the last four games or so they're Oh, three and one over the first last four games. Um, obviously a few guys leaving for the Olympics. Um, and so it was just kind of, it was nice to get that win under their belt, um, get a little bit of a sigh of relief, but it's not going to be easy coming up because they play number five, Western Michigan this weekend. Um, and then after that, it's just, I mean, it seems like it's a common theme, but the NCHC is just a, it's a hard conference to play in. So, um, you're playing against some really good opponents, regardless of who you're playing or where you're playing. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the crazy thing about college hockey is it's it's a win, but it's not a win at the exact same time. Yeah. So, you know, you you do get the extra point in conference, but for all intents and purposes, it's considered a tie, basically, even though you have, you know, the excitement, you have that the crowd going crazy and that feeling of winning. But in the end, it, it still doesn't fully get the job what they were probably hoping to get done. And I know that's going to be kind of the key going in to this weekend where you're facing, you know, one of the top five teams in the country in Western Michigan who blew St. Cloud State out both times they played um, on the road earlier this year that they're going to need to to pick up at least one win there to really improve their their place in the standings because right now I believe now they're they're back up to fifth in the um, in the NCHC standings and you know Duluth is in fourth so they did you know pick up a point in advantage against them so that was big and when they play again in a couple weeks on a Tuesday that'll be huge but they're going to need to start getting you know four or five, six points out of weekends that are, uh, which is a total you can possibly get versus the, the one or two they did the last um, couple weeks. Cause there, there's a lot of ground to make up if they want to host a, a playoff game or, you know, that first round of the conference playoffs, I think that's going to be huge. Um, and they're going to need to pick up a couple more wins to do it, but it was good to see them get that shootout win, especially since they just lost in a shootout to North Dakota um, previously. It was cool to see them bounce back. And I know it seemed like there was, some controversy on one of the the shots or there was a really long delay um i felt like i, I was seen on twitter during the penalty shootout what, what was kind of up with that yeah the the big one was um when yami Kranela was able to um he was in the shootout and they were down two to one so they he needed to get this goal to be able to at least tie it up still and continue that shootout and so when he shot it kind of looked like he was maybe using the stick to kind of push the um, goalie into the goal. And so therefore it would be an easier goal in a sense. Um, And so it took probably, gosh, 
I, I, it seemed like forever. It, it seemed like it took like two minutes or so to 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 review the goal. Um, talking to the associate head coach, who's kind of taking over Brett's role for you know while Brett's gone. Um, Dave, he even said he wasn't really worried about it because a it was out of their control. They couldn't really do anything about it. But then b they were talking to some of their like operational people, and they said that looking at the review, it didn't look like it was going to be overturned. Because they called goal on the ice, um, so you need to have, you know, concrete evidence that it's going to be re- overturned. And so they came back and made it, you know, and and it stood as a goal. But it was just, it was definitely a little bit of some uh, like tense moments because everybody was just sitting there waiting to see if it was a goal or not. And that was kind of make or break because if you lost it, you would have lost the lost the shootout. So, um, but yeah, overall, it, and then honestly, when that happened the whole crowd went ballistic. And then, I mean, you pretty much knew that they were going to win eventually at some point. It's just when, you know, so, um, but yeah, no, definitely a, a little bit of a nail biter towards the end of it. So, yeah, so that, that was a pretty crazy game to happen last night. Um, another, the game I was at um, on Tuesday night was St. Ben's hockey taking on UW river falls, who was fourth in the country. They came in averaging almost six goals a game, leading the nation in goals game power play percentage all of those things so it was a really big task for st ben's and they put in a really incredible performance to start the game um they led for a majority of the first and second periods which you know I, d- I don't think really anyone expected too much considering where the teams were at um now st ben's had been on a five game unbeaten streak but river falls is 20 and one overall this year and the last two times these teams had played they'd outscored st ben's about 20 to two or so so you know it was it was a very big underdog type uh performance they put on to start this game and they were able to score first on the power play um they were getting a lot of pucks behind river falls net attacking being aggressive um and did some really great things to you know put some pressure on get that first goal river falls tied it up right for the end of the first period and then st ben's came out within three minutes scored another goal um and kept that two to one lead for most of the game where the kind of the entire thing shifted and fell apart in a way was when St. Ben's went on a power play about midway through the second period and River Falls got two shorthanded goals, 40 seconds apart. And that kind of just sucked the momentum kind of completely out of the building. River Falls ended up uh, winning seven to four uh, or seven to three. It was four to three after the second period. So St. Ben's was still really in it heading into that third period. And they just kind of, kind of ran out of gas and River Falls just kept applying the pressure and, River Falls, they got four shorthanded goals, which is the most ever in a Division Three game. Um, and the last shorthanded goal came an empty netter when it was on the power play. So I think it was six on four, and the River Falls goalie was able to like deflect it, flick it up, and go the length of the ice, and it scored. So she scored a goal, shorthanded, empty netter at the end. So that kind of tells you the story of everything was going the Falcons' way by the end of that game. But... Um, St. Ben's is a really young team. I think it was, I counted about 19 of their 26 players are underclassmen. Um, So a very young team that's doing some great things. They have a winning record right now. Um, They haven't had a winning record. They haven't finished the season with a winning record um, since 2000. Um, So they're trying to do some pretty, you know, impressive things right now. They have four games left in the regular season. But um, last season, they'd been steadily improving under um, their coach, Nick Thibel, who I wrote about a couple of years ago. Um, he's a local St. Cloud guy that's done some really good things turning that program around. And they'd been steadily improving. Then last year, it was such a weird year, but 
they didn't win a single game. They went 0-7-2, um, but they just kind of they weren't too worried about that. They just tried to get all their young players' experience since it was such a weird year, and it seems to be paying off now because a lot of their younger players are kind of some of their leading scorers, um, and they've been doing some great things. So um, while they didn't get the win last night, obviously it's a bit disappointing when you, you're kind of up on a team that good for most of the game, and then it just, you know, it's still a four-goal game in the end, but I think there are a lot of positives to to take away from it and, you know, some good things to build upon as kind of they try to get ready for the, the postseason. I always wonder, because I've never actually seen it happen, when a goalie actually, like, scores a goal, do they get to go through the line, like, and, like, fist bump all the people? Or they stay, No, I think they just stay there. I almost thought someone else had done it because, like, you know, I hadn't even noticed it was the goalie that did it because it was just kind of a commotion around the net. I was on the other end of the rink. Gotcha. And then it comes... And they all kind of start celebrating. I thought it was one of the other girls that, you know, was the first one that ran through the line. And then I looked at the stat sheet after and I'm like, <laughs> oh, OK, never mind. I just, I just was always wondering because, like, I, I've never seen a goalie actually score a goal. And I'm like, do they actually get to go through the line and celebrate or do they have to celebrate by themselves? So I was like, That's, it would have uh, been cool to do. They didn't. But the, <laughs> you, could, you could tell the River Falls bench was just like kind of amazed at their their own luck at that point. Just yeah. Yeah. They're like, anything we shoot is going in at this point, basically. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it was a fun game. Um, good to see and and good to see St. Ben's having, you know, a good season um, sure. as, and, as well. And and it sounds like last week, I mean, continuing on with the college topics, um, you were able to see a little bit of St. John's play. It seems like over the course of the last few weeks, it's been St. Cloud State. And then like last week was St. John's and then this week is St. Ben's. Um, maybe just kind of talk about kind of what you've seen from um, from St. John's last week um, for all the different games that you've been to. Yeah, I got to see basketball and hockey um, last week. I continue to be kind of a bad luck charm for hockey. Honestly, they lost they lost four to one against Concordia, the game I was at. Now that sounds like a blow. It was two to one within the last like two minutes, and St. John's had a ton of opportunities to tie it. And then Concordia got two shorthanded goals, including one with uh, 0.1 seconds left they knocked in that, let's just say, kind of rubbed people the wrong way. There was almost a kind of a brawl to end the game that the refs managed to kind of subside. But um, St. John's, of course, the next night goes on the road and wins 4-1 to one in Moorhead. <laughs> um, and then on Monday night, when I wasn't working, they won 8-3 to three over Hamlin, too. So I only see one common denominator in that story, and that's me. But... <laughs> Besides that, they've been playing really well. They're up to 13-6-2 overall. Um, they've only lost two games the second half of the season after the winter break. Um, or even, And they even were on a pretty good streak before the winter break. They won five or six in a row before that. So, you know, the last, the last couple of months, they've been playing extremely well. Um, and, and kind of an angle I took out of it was that they have, you know, three players that are St. Thomas transfers, actually, which, as everyone knows, formerly was their big rival in the Mayak with St. Thomas jumping up to division one. It kind of left a lot of those division three level hockey players trying to find a new home to play because um, they brought in so many transfers and just the skill level that they knew they probably weren't going to get to play much at the division one level. So um, three of them picked um, St. John's to move on to and they've, and all three of them have been scoring a lot. Two of them um, connected for the one goal that I got to see last Thursday night as well. Um, so that was cool to see from Max Osborne um, and Josh Massieri. 
But the the one that's really been standing out is Lewis Crosby, who um, he's a sophomore. He's leading the, the team in goals, the Mayak in goals. He has 14 goals and three hat tricks already this year. Um, and, and he told me he's in the past, he's never really been much of a, like a go-to scorer guy either. It's just kind of a confidence thing. He's having a really good season and he's been in a good position um, with St. John's. So they've, they've been on a tear. Um, and while the one game I got to see them, it didn't work out. They still are looking pretty good to, to have a nice run into the postseason, And then the, the other team I got to see um, was their basketball team on Wednesday night. Um, and they were able to to get a win, and they're up to 18 and three now overall this year. And um, they played Bethel, and they won 72 to 51, even though um, they trailed by a couple early. And you know, the last couple of years, they've only lost one to two games a year at home. So even my curse can't really get to them, honestly, when I go to their games. So they were able to to really put in a dominant effort. Um, standout in this one was Cooper Vaughn, who's a freshman. Um, he knocked down four of six three pointers. He had a 21 points, which was a game high. And I think he just scored 20 points again or so the other night. And, um, he's a guy that came in and started every game as a freshman. Um, he led as a high schooler last year, he led the state in scoring at St. Charles high school. Um, so he's a very proven commodity. That's a great shooter that is really starting to, to put it all together. And St. John's themselves there, I think they're either third or fourth in all of division three and three point shooting. So they have that going for them. They also have some really strong posts that get a lot of attention, which leads to a lot of those open threes too. And it, it's really all coming together for St. John's other than that one point loss I saw against Augsburg earlier in the year. I think they've won like 15 of their last 16 games or so um, and are just really cruising. And they got a little help with Augsburg dropped their last two conference games. So now St. John's is technically sitting in first in the conference and if they're able to finish first they'd host every every game they would play um in the Mayak postseason which is when you get that automatic bid for the ncaa tournament is up for grabs and that's you know really big especially since st john's is qualified for the the previous three ncaa tournaments i know they want to keep that streak alive so um they play at augsburg saturday that's going to be the big game if they win that one they're i think they're nearly guaranteed that first seed which will be huge and they've hosted you know that tournament a couple times in recent years um that's led to them winning that tournament as well it helps a lot when you have a a home crowd and just the atmosphere that they have at sexton arena every time they play so that's going to be huge and yeah that game coming up on saturday will will really dictate a lot of what the postseason might look like for them for sure yeah so we won't be done with college anytime soon. Um, I know you're going to be heading out to a couple of college games. Um, I'm doing the Western Michigan game on Friday. I know I think you're going out there Saturday to watch that hockey game. Um, so, I mean, there's going to be plenty of – and then also I think you're going – aren't you going to St. Ben's too? I am going to St. Ben's yeah. for basketball um, tonight against St. Olaf. Um, gotcha. See if they can – they're sitting about fifth in conference right now see if they can can pick up kind of a a crucial win to see if they can improve their standing yeah so lots of college on the horizon lots of college behind us as well so um check out sctimes.com um for all the information regarding this um also check out the newsletter that's going to be coming out because i'm sure there's gonna be plenty of college stuff in in that newsletter particularly um there's also a ton of um feature stories that we were working on last week um so uh we might talk about that more in the second half of of this uh podcast once we get back from break um but 
there's plenty of stuff coming your way. So make sure to either check out sctimes.com or get that subscription or do both. I mean, that's even a better idea in my mind. Doing both works. Yeah. No, I'm down with that. Easier because then you can figure out what you're, then you have no problem of finding out where it is. So, um, but yeah. So um, I think that'll wrap up this first half, though, Zach, right? Yeah, I would say so. So we're going to take a quick break when we get back on the other side. We'll talk a little bit more about section seating, some section results, and like Brian said, some uh, feature stories we really liked from last week. So we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Welcome back to the SC Time Sports Report podcast. Um, we're starting to get into section play here. We have some results um, and also some seeds coming out for some of the upcoming weeks to kind of know where we're going to be as well. Brian, do you want to run through? Um, I know Alpine had section results, some state qualifiers, and then I know girls hockey for sure also had um, some section seedings come out in the last day or two. Yeah, so starting with Alpine skiing, um, the section 5A meet, which is St. Cloud Breakaways, which is basically all of our schools combined into one co-op. Um, they competed on Tuesday um, over, I believe, at Wild Mountain, I think it was. Um, but the top two teams advanced to state for both boys and girls. And then the top, I believe it's 10 or five individuals. I think it's 10 individuals that didn't make it on the team. They make it onto state. And so... Um, for the top two teams for boys, Minnetonka and Brainerd, they finished top two. Um, St. Cloud finished 16th out of 17 teams. Um, for the girls' side, Minnetonka and Blake, they finished in the top two. St. Cloud finished third and was only four points away from making it as a team. So kind of tough there, but also um, a lot of talent that's going to be returning. So, you know, who, who knows what the future holds for, for the breakaways girls' team. Um, on the boys' side, no one made it to uh, state for St. Cloud for individuals, but on the girls' side, there will be three girls heading to state. Um, Ashley Stolt, she finished ninth overall um, with a time of 103.36. Um, Abby Wright, she finished 13th um, with a time of 105.42. And then Ella Doles, she'll be, she was the last one to make it in um, with a time of 106.13 in 16th place. Um, Paige Muffelman, she was in 17th place and unfortunately was one one placement away from reaching state, but she will not be advancing to state. So um, congratulations to those three. Um, they will be competing next week at state um, over at uh, over at Giants Ridge, which is really far away. <laughs> I didn't realize how far away it was until um, I started looking up some of the times and stuff. And I'm like, man, that's like three and a half hours away. Um, but, uh, of course, when you go up north, you get better snow, better, you know, conditions sometimes. So, um, hopefully they'll have a nice run and be able to make a, make a fun, make a fun day out of it, uh, over at state Alpine skiing. So congratulations to them on the hockey side. Um, like he's, like Zach said, girls hockey released their section seeds, um, for section, uh, eight double a. Uh, St. Cloud received the five seed. They'll be playing number four, Rozo, 
um, at 3 p.m. on Saturday at Roseau. So that's going to be a little bit of a trek for them, um, just going basically up to the border of Canada almost. Um, and then Sartell Sock Rapids got the sixth seed. They'll be heading up to Brainerd, who got the three seed, and they'll be playing at 1 p.m. on Saturday. Alexandria got the two seed. Buffalo got the seven seed, so they'll be playing on Saturday. And then Mamiji got the eight seed. They'll be playing number one, Moorhead, um, on Saturday as well. So some nice matchups there. See, I'm interested to see kind of how that Roseau-St. Cloud game goes. Um, but I I think that will be kind of an interesting one just because I know St. Cloud was kind of on the border of possibly getting that two seed. So I'm sure there's a little bit of some uh, some anger and that might be shown on the ice when they get over there. So um, could be a fun matchup there. Um, in Section 6A, uh, River Lakes, they earned the number two seed. So they actually got a bye. Um, the opening rounds, the quarterfinal games will be playing in or playing tonight. Not tonight. Sorry, tomorrow on Thursday. Um, but River Lakes got a bye. So they won't be playing until Tuesday next week at 7 p.m. in the Richmond Ice Arena. Um, but they will be facing off against the winner of Northern Lakes, who's the three seed, or Morris Benson, the six seed, on that Tuesday. Um, on the other side, Fergus Falls got the one seed. They'll be playing the winner of four Wilmer and five Prairie Center. Um, and then the finals will be on Friday, February 18th in Alexandria. So, um could very well be another matchup of Fergus Falls and River Lakes. I, I know it hasn't turned out that well for River Lakes, but like people say, it's hard to win three times in one season. So, um, and River Lakes has been in that section finals atmosphere before and against Wilmer, and they were able to prevail last year. So, um, be interesting to kind of see what happens here this time around. But um, yeah, kind of in, kind of insane to think that uh, girls hockey is already starting up sections, but. Um, I guess tis the season. <laughs> and, then, and then I believe today when we're recording this on Wednesday, there's Nordic ski sections happening as well, correct? Yes. So Nordic ski, the section eight, um, section eight started yesterday. That was Sartell Cathedral's co-op. They started yesterday, but it's a two day event. So they're going to be finishing up today. And then section five is Sart or St. Cloud and Sock Rapids. And so, they will be um, competing at Theodore Worth Park in Golden Valley tonight. Um, so more than likely, you'll see results come out this evening. I'll be putting up a story later on um, about that, as well as um, from Section 8 as well. So um, just kind of watch out at sctimes.com for more information on that um, later on tonight. And then we both, um, I know we got to do quite a few kind of feature stories last week, um, especially a lot involving high school teams. Um, I know you had a couple you did. Is there any one or two you just kind of want to mention that um, really stood out to you? Yeah, there was two that I kind of worked on that were kind of um, a little bit, you know, it, it was really cool to, to be able to write about it. Um, the first one was Scott Davis. Um, he is a co-head coach for St. Cloud. He actually finished on Thursday last week and won his 1200th um, career match as a high school wrestling coach. Um, he's been in the business for a long time. He's been coaching for a very long time in many different areas. I mean, just talking to him, I mean, there's some that, you know, were in Minnesota. There was some that were in, 
you know, Wyoming, another stint in South Carolina, um, a bunch of different places. So he's been kind of all over the, the country, honestly, coaching. Um, his main time that he spent was in Owatonna. I think he spent about 25 years there um, and kind of collected up about, I think it was 886 wins um, over in Owatonna. But um, he was able to win on Thursday and get his 1200th career, which was really cool to see um, just with how much success that he's had. Um, he kind of has all the accolades with, you know, Hall of Fames and he's the winningest coach and all this other stuff. So um, very cool to see. Congratulations to him. The other story that I wrote was on Mike Kleinschmidt, um, the Albany football coach. He's actually retiring after 37 years with Albany football, um, 19 years as a head coach. And it was just kind of fun to talk to him about Albany football. I mean, Albany football has been um, has been going on for, I believe it's like 74 years. Yeah, 74 years, and there's only been three head coaches. Um, so that just kind of shows you where they stand with all of this. Um, you know, you had Pete Hurgis as the coach from 1947 to uh, 1979. Then you had, you know, Jim Motter. Um, from 1979 to, to 2003. Um, and so, and then Kleinschmidt kind of took over after that, but he's been part of this Albany football team for a long time. He's understood the traditions. And if you know anything about Huskies football, they, they live their life from traditions. I mean, they, all these kids learn all these plays as they grow up in the Albany community. Um, he even said, he was joking around. He said that he found a 1970s um, playbook and he goes honestly you could have detached the 1970 thing and attached 2021 on it um, that just shows you kind of what nothing has really changed and they still have a lot of success in that program um, and so I also didn't realize that he was a sock center grad and so um, if you know anything about Albany and Sox Center is that they don't like each other. <laughs> They're big rivals. And so it's kind of, it was kind of fun to see that he made the transition from Sox Center to Albany um, and now, you know, is kind of the rival of Sox, Sox Center. So, um, but yeah, no, definitely going to miss him. He was a great coach um, for, you know, us just getting, you know, stats to us and talking to us about, um, different players and talking about the game of football. He always showed that passion. Um, I mean, he's still going to be cheering on the Huskies. He even said, I have a whole closet full of purple and white. I can't really get rid of it and uh, I don't want to get rid of it. So, um, so I mean, it'll be a lot of fun to see him on the sidelines. It'll be interesting to see what he's like sitting in a, in a stand watching the game rather than on a sideline. But sounds like they had the applications closed this past Monday, not, not, you know, two days ago, but a week and two days ago. Um, and they're looking for that new head coach. So um, be interested to see who applies and who gets the job because whoever does is in a list or is in a long line of traditions and very successful football. Yeah. And, um, you know, speaking of kind of that, that football tradition was where I was over at Cathedral on Friday for their, their Hall of Fame ceremony where they inducted five people into their Athletics Hall of Fame. Um, and two members were part of those 92 and 93 uh, state title teams that were were incredible teams for Cathedral. Gary Foshing, their coach, who's been the St. John's coach for quite a while now. And then Jeff Hafes, who was um, their kind of star player as a linebacker and a running back fullback. So, um, you know, got to hear both of them speak, talk to them both after. And it was just really cool to see 
you know, kind of the the adversity they had to face, how they, you know, they started their first title season three and four and then won their last uh, seven games um, to win the state title. They were, you know, not heavily favored in any of those games, but it just they kind of kept running home that they just were so focused and believed and did a lot of special things that um, allowed them to win those titles. And the following year, they followed it up um, and just completely dominated, went 14-0, and won the prep bowl by about three touchdowns, um, and, and set a lot of records that kind of haven't been broken since. So um, they were they were incredible to talk to, see kind of the emotion that um, the honor meant, getting to be back together with some players and coaches that hadn't seen each other in a while, and all of the the inductees too. It was it was cool because I know they'd been trying to induct that class for about two years since before COVID, um, and to finally get to do it in person and bring all these people back to uh, bring them back to Cathedral was pretty special. So um, it was it was cool to see that last Friday as well. For sure. And I know a lot of people from that, uh, you know, Hall of Fame induction um, and Schlepper, um, who's also now known as Ann Spann, um, she was also inducted into the Hall of Fame and had her jersey retired last week. So that was kind of fun to um, see all the different people that were getting inducted into that Hall of Fame and a really good story by Zach. So make sure if you want to check out all those different uh, feature stories to check out sctimes.com. You're going to need a subscription for those. Um, would recommend getting on to sctimes.com and getting it. Um, some really good deals going on right now for, for everybody. So uh, make sure to check that out. But um, to kind of wrap up this podcast, I think we'll just talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing up ahead. Um, for me, Tonight, I have the night off. Um, not many events going on for the high school realm. Um, tomorrow, heading out to Tech for boys basketball as they host Alexandria for a really fun Central Lakes kind of rivalry. Both of them kind of at the top of the standings. So it'll be fun to see kind of how those two teams play against each other. Um, then Friday, heading out to um, St. Cloud State Hockey as they take on Western Michigan. And then Saturday is kind of a long day. Um, I'll be over at Tech for a long time. So if you're in Tech, just stop by and say hi, because I'll be there for about eight hours on on Saturday. Um, Starting my day off over at the swimming pool for uh, Central Lakes Conference Championships um, for boys swimming and diving. That will be taking place at 10 a.m. So planning on doing that for a little while. And then switching over to the gym um, around 2 p.m. for Section eight double a gymnastics um st cloud sartell and sock rapids will all be competing there um with the hopes of making it as a team and as individuals as well um so be fun to kind of see how all of they do all of them do um i know sartell is kind of the defending state champion um st cloud's been looking really good so far too for gymnastics and there's been a couple of sock rapids uh gymnasts that have been you know kind of shining bright over the last couple of weeks. So be interesting to kind of see how the results go for that particular day, as well as um, swimming and diving, just because I haven't been able to see any swimming and diving this year. So be fun to get back in the pool and kind of see um, what type of talent this local area has um, for all these different swimmers and divers. So, um, and then on Thursday or Tuesday next week, I'll be over at Richmond ice arena for the river lakes semifinals section game for girls hockey. Um, and then we'll be back on Wednesday to do our podcast again. So, yep. Tonight I'll be at St. Ben's for, uh, women's basketball to take on St. Olaf. And then Saturday, like Brian mentioned earlier, I'll be seeing the the second game of the St. Cloud state versus Western Michigan, uh, men's hockey series. So 
that's kind of what what I have teed up for for now is too. Brian, is there anything else, or do you think we're about good for today? Yeah, I think we're good. Plenty of stuff coming your way, so make sure to check out sctimes.com. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, make sure to subscribe to that newsletter that Zach's been putting on over the last few weeks, and uh, you should be good to go with all the content that's going to be coming your way. Absolutely. So I think that'll about do it uh, for today. So once again, thank you for tuning in to the SC Times Sports Report podcast, and we will see you again next time.